You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders in. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM digital live streaming and on demand and podcasts and all manner of ways you can listen to 3CR. And uh, remember, 3CR this year is having a 40th birthday, so please show us your love and uh, subscribe to the station. On today's program, oh, I should say, introduce myself, my name's Chris, and this is a show about bicycles and sustainable transport issues coming from Melbourne, Australia. Now, on today's program, as I was just saying, I've got a edited... Uh, edited down version of a uh, forum that was held yesterday at the Sustainable Transport, uh, oh, sorry, I keep on saying Sustainable Transport, Sustainable Living Festival that was held here at Burongmar in central Melbourne. And this was put on by the squeaky wheel and it was actually also a launch for the bike spot uh, thing that Anthony Eisenberg, that many of you would know, has been very active plotting and tracking and mapping things to do with cycling in Melbourne and um, the premise of this forum was the perception of bike safety in Melbourne was feeling safe and a bike is something that matters to a lot to us. We spend so much time training people from all walks of life how to get around um, Melbourne by bike whether it's women or you know they all their programs at the U but sometimes you've got to think about what's holding Melbourne back and this was a forum going through those issues. So uh, Anthony Eisenberg was the MC. We had uh, Pip Carroll, founder and director of the Squeaky Wheel. Jane Wardock, uh, manager of sustainability and strategic transport, the city of Yarra. Alexander Schenker, consultant with GTA Consultants. And you may have known Alexander. We had him on the show a little while back, or going back two years ago, as the um, Save uh, Royal Park Festival when we were doing a whole bunch of stuff to do with a big mega transport thing that... um, luckily it was pushed back in here in Melbourne. So it's quite a few people here that may be familiar to you. So what I've done is edited into about four or five parts and at the end we have some very interesting questions from the audience who are down there at Burongma. And something to keep in mind too, this is part of a much longer recording that I did of the forum. It goes for about an hour and I will endeavour to try and get that up um, as a podcast, I'll let you know during the week if you go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio. Uh, in, uh, hopefully there will be links there. And I'll let the other guys know at the Treadley and the Squeaky Wheel when we get that up. So the other thing that happened this uh, last weekend or the last week or so, it's been a massive week for cycling around the inner city. We've had, well, it's like seeing new news, but it's ongoing that we've got a bike pod, a Melbourne bike share pod now open in Fitzroy endeavouring to get some get an interview on that soon. Also, uh, with the Sustainable Living Festival, there was a whole bunch of uh, bicycle events over the weekend. 
And uh, that included like uh, there was Sarah Im had her range of stylish, you know, had her ride stylishly on a bike. She had a whole range of activities over the weekend. There was the projector bike ride on Friday night. Oh, God, it's only a couple of days and I'm always starting to lose my memory. And also there was the absolutely massive and absolutely fantastic bike rave on Saturday night and heaps of people got along to that. And yesterday, all over the weekend as well, was the Treadley Bike Hub down at Burungma as part of the SLF and also had a big swap meet down there, I think, on the Saturday. But there was huge amount of stuff going on over the weekend. Well, without further ado, I'm going to get into the first part of this interview, or I should say interview or recording of the forum. And as I said earlier, keep in mind this edited-down version of something that was about an hour long. Um, start off with... Anthony introducing himself, and then we go into Pip Carroll, and then Jane Wardock, Alexander talking about you now perceptions. You've got to keep in mind too; these are just edited down versions of much longer things where they go into detail, and again with public question time at the end. So we're back in a tick. <laughs> Culture gives our life meaning. Without it, we suffer. This is evident amongst displaced Indigenous communities all around the world. For the past seven years, we've been working with Indigenous people to develop a program that enables communities to utilise their culture as a means to reduce long-term poverty. Right now, we need your help to raise much-needed funding to get this program off the ground. Make a tax-deductible donation of $50 and receive an entry ticket to a family-friendly day of live music, food, festivities and a chance to win $2,000 cash. The event will take place on the 5th of March at the foothills of the Mount Macedon Ranges. You have an incredible opportunity to help us achieve our goals and impact the future for Indigenous peoples. For more information about this project and to purchase tickets, go to www.asworldsdivide.com. Friends of the Earth is a 3CR supporter. My name is Anthony Eisenberg, I'm the founder and director of CrowdSpot. I'd like to first acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kula Nation whose land we gather on today and I pay respects to their elders past and present. The Squeakerville and CrowdSpot are very pleased to welcome you to this uh, bicycle forum events, riding in Melbourne perceived fear or real risk. Melbourne is still striving to become a world-class cycle city. Is our fear of riding holding us back? Or, or is it genuinely unsafe to ride on the roads? A lack of safety is often cited as the major barrier to people getting on their bikes. How it feels to ride a bike has a major impact on our willingness to ride, whether we choose to ride or not. Our expert panel will soon lead a discussion on their views, the state of riding in Melbourne, and what can be done to reduce people's fears. I'd first like to also, or next, like to the forum launches the Bike Spot Project, which is a collaboration enabled by a TAC road safety grant. It's a collaboration between the Squeaky Wheel and Crowd Spot. To further understand the bicycle riding community's perceived level of safety or perceived risk compared to historical crashes or real risk across Melbourne. Central to the project is this bike spot map where people will have the opportunity to, to pin Markers on a map, whether they feel safe or unsafe on across the Metropolitan Melbourne Road Network. We're going to then compare that with Vic Road's crash stats data 
to understand perceptions of um, risk and real risk. So there might be locations with high risk, but low crashes, and vice versa. I'd also like to thank our, our 12 council partners that are on board um, for this project, and also our supporters of bicycle community groups. That, that was uh, a very short snappy little introduction. We've only got 50 minutes. Each of our speakers will speak for about 10 minutes each, maximum. And then we're going to hand it over to, to you. Hopefully you've got some, some questions you'd like to ask our experts. And uh, we'll just take it from there. So our first speaker is Pip Carroll. Pip is the founder and director of the Squeaky Wheel, a not-for-profit advocacy organisation celebrating bicycles as vehicles for change. They work in partnership with individuals, councils, commercial and cultural organisations to present bicycle tools, training, valet parking, campaigns and programming. 2014 was a great year for Pip. She's actually the cycling, she won the Cycling Luminary Award at the Dollar City Global Conference. There's also a champion for Change Award. Um, Cycling Victoria Women's Day Awards. Just took last year off, so we can forgive if not reading anything else. Um, so, Pip, um, please put your hands together for Pip. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Pip Carroll. I'm the founder of Breakfast Radio meets the people. So come along to 3CR Sustainable Breakfast Series. Broadcast live from Friends of the Earth Food Co-op. Join us for breakfast tasties at Friends of the Earth 312 Smith Street, Collingwood 
or tune in to 3CR to hear what people are doing in the area of sustainability. From Tuesday, March the 15th to Friday, March the 18th. Starts at 7am, goes through to 8.30am. Come down, watch a live show. Every show will have a musician and it's a fantastic initiative by 3CR and Friends of the Earth. Supported by Yarra Council. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and Digital. Okay, I'm just going to go into the next part of Riding in Melbourne, Perceived Fear or Real Risk. And this was part of a forum put on by the Squeaky Wheel, Treadley uh, Bike Spot and a whole bunch of people down at the Sustainable Living Festival. And this uh, next part is Jane Wardock from the City of Yarra. Hello everyone, welcome very much to this afternoon. A little bit about me to give you a sense of who I am and what I'm like on the road and how I ride. So I'm 53, so I'm an older woman now, I think, much as I'm reluctant to admit that. Uh, that'll come up a bit later on as well. Age does affect how you ride, I believe. I'm a civil engineer, no hissing, <laughs> by training, and I'm in senior management at the City of Yarra. Now, I live in what's widely described as North Yarra. Well, it's actually Northcote, where I am. And I've just noticed another of my councillors sitting in the audience. So if I'm suddenly flush and stutter along the way, because I've got two of my colleagues or other councillors here, um, keeping their eye on me. Um, as Anthony said, I cycle to work most days and home, um, and often during the day within the city of Yarra, I'm often into the CBD. Now, I have decided that what the best way to describe me is that I'm a convenient cyclist which you might also call a lazy cyclist, if you're being a bit unkind. What it means is that I do it because it's faster than the other mode choices. It saves me time because it means I don't have to go to the gym, and I hate the idea of having to go to the gym. It gives me some exercise every day. But really what it's about for me is that it's fast. It's the most efficient way of getting around, and I need every second in my day, most of the days. Um, I'm currently cycling in Lycra. Now, that's not my usual habit, but I got out of um, the habit of riding for a few months last year, and as I'm getting back into it, I'm reluctantly wearing Lycra again. And that sometimes means that I get into the office some days after a busy round of cycling to and from, and I haven't actually quite managed to get out of my Lycra. And that's a bit scary for some of my colleagues in the office. They really don't want to see me in my Lycra, but if it gets to one o'clock, it's past the, the sun is well over the yard on, and it's not worth the time and trouble to go and get some proper clothes on. So they just have to cope with me, I'm concerned. So I hope this gives you a bit of a picture about who I am and the sort of attitude I've got to, to life and, and to work, and it's, it's all busy. A little bit more about my family. Um, my husband also cycles. My children have both cycled. Less so now that one of them's just changed schools and one of them's at university. But there's a fair bit of cycling that goes on in the family. Now, my cycling world, I'm not overly adventurous, but it does extend beyond Yarra. I ride out to Kew every now and then to meet the arch enemy, the forces of evil known as Big Roads. I also ride to other municipalities as well as into the CBD. My general experience of that is, is as soon as you cross the boundaries of Yarra, it feels like um, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, you want to click your heels together because you're not in Kansas anymore. It's a very different world out there. Your love is lifting me higher than I've ever been lifted 
up higher. So keep it up. Subscribe or renew to 3CR in this our 40th year of radical radio. Call 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. And we'll be at your side forevermore. Indeed, you're listening to 3CR 855M Digital. Don't forget to show us your love and subscribe to 3CR because you won't hear radio like this anywhere else, really, in Australia because independent radio and independent voices are a wee bit hard to come by in the, the media landscape. No doubt if you're a rusted on 3CR listener, you probably would be quite aware of that. Anyway, we're going to go into the next part of a forum that I did a bit of recording of yesterday and this was... Riding in Melbourne, perceived fear or real risk. And the next speaker up next is Alexander Schenker. Um, I thought I'd start off by looking at the question of, uh, of real risk of returning to uh, perceived risk of cycling. Um, because uh, I think we need to understand the question, is cycling actually risky? And I think it depends on how you look at it. Um, I've had a couple of slides there. Um, if we look at cycling as a form of transport, and this is taken from a paper which uses uh, crash statistics from Sydney, uh, so we see four, four years there, and the numbers on the graph are the ratios of fatalities or injuries uh, among cyclists compared to car occupants, which is both drivers and passengers. So as you can see, it's about your per kilometre of travel, you're about 15 times more likely in, in Sydney, and the, the stats are roughly comparable in Melbourne to be uh, injured or killed. So that, that's a pretty big difference, and obviously you can see why people consider cycling to be dangerous. However, look at cycling as a physical activity, and this is the hospitalisation rate per 100,000 people per year, I believe. Um, motorsports, AFL, pretty high up there. And cycling is actually right down there. It's actually more, it's actually safer than supposedly non-contact sports like netball. Uh, so cycling, less dangerous than driving in some ways. Uh, more, more dangerous than driving, less dangerous than netball. Um, <laughs> but um, the health benefits of cycling do outweigh the hazards, and, and this, this uh, holds the same whether we look at it in terms of. Uh, economic impact for the public health system or through how many uh, life years we lose or gain by cycling. So you, you come out in front. Um, although we're not psychologically wired to think this way, because we're more concerned about the sensational possibility of crash, very dramatic, lots of blood, very violent death, uh, compared to thinking about dying of type 2 diabetes 50 years down the track. We don't, we don't think this way. Uh, it's actually safer in the long run to cycle than it is to not. Uh, but Again, we don't think this way, it's about how we proceed. So then, the question of perceived safety actually becomes more important. So, as, as Anthony said, I, I just completed a, uh, a master's degree in urban planning. Uh, my thesis was on perceptions of safety in cycling. I was looking at the gender cycling gap, where safety, perceptions of safety, seem to be a major factor in why there are many more men cycling in cities like Melbourne. It's about a three to one ratio across the whole city. When you look at municipalities like Yarra, it's almost equal, and for that reason, the literature on the subject calls women an indicator species. Where conditions are good, more women will ride. Uh, the official explanation for this is that women are more risk averse. Women are taught to be more risk averse in all activities in life. Or former housemate of mine just said, "Well, men are just more stupid." So that's a good explanation. Um, 
When I ask cyclists who currently cycle to look back to when they didn't ride and why that was the case, what was holding them back, um, perceptions of safety uh, were a major factor, not the only factor, but you can see that's, that's one where the, the gender difference was really quite huge. It was twice as much a factor for, for women than for men, and that, that's obviously an issue that we have to uh, think about if we're trying to close the gender gap in, in Melbourne. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Breakdown Radio, Melbourne. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR855M and Digital. And it's going to go into the final part of Riding in Melbourne, Perceived Fear or Real Risk. And hopefully if the CD player is behaving itself, we'll be going into question time. Thank you, Alexander, for sharing your research and a perspective from overseas. Questions? Good. Thank you. Oh, just wait for the mic. There we go. Uh, I've got an observation and a question. One thing that none of the speakers addressed was the spooky factor. And if you go along the Mooney Ponds bike path, it's a beautiful bike path, about 600 metres wide, and it's completely off-road, but there are only men on it, and most of them are wearing lycra. I, I do exaggerate slightly. Um, so why is this? Similarly, sometimes we go along the Mary Creek path at night. This, I mean, okay, it's dark, but there's no one there. And so I think there are other things that people are scared about. Uh, are there, are there statistics? Uh, I mean, are there people assaulted on bike on lonely bike paths, or is this a, a perception that's completely unreasonable and what can be done about? I can only speak anecdotally and suggest that in the news there was a couple of instances last year where along the very creek there were, you know there was a couple of attacks. Um, it's definitely not safe because a lot of people are around and eyes on the on, on the path. If it's an isolated path, it's going to have a bit of a a spooky, creepy feel to it if people are just whizzing past and you're alone. But I can't, I can't source any statistics on that. Well, I said there's many ponds, people, yeah. which is a beautiful path, but during the daytime it's mainly men. So why is this and what we need to do about Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I think maybe it's where it's coming from, where it's connecting to, and, and, those, and those user groups. But I'm not going to for sure. I think it's probably all the women like you who saw that it was mostly men and decided never to ride there again. Probably. Well, another reason not to ride on it if you're not one of those. I said, I said they shout at you if you go slowly. Yeah, well I think the problem is with them, not with you. Um, I think these sorts of places exist in a few locations around Melbourne. I know um, coming through the air on a particular pontoon or this, I don't really know it well, but there's areas there where people feel like it's just gone. It's, it's been like just thrown to the mammals in a way that we'll never get it back because the culture of riding that is built up in these places has become kind of so um, dysfunctional to shared purpose that it's really difficult to see a way that people like you who might want to just use it for an amble along or even people walking or using their dogs, it's not it's no longer become kind of an, an, an their amenity. And it's really difficult to know what the solution to that is. I mean I think it's really largely about um, education so that people in those groups understand that 
it's really important to provide space and to not let their culture of riding kind of run too far ahead of them. Um, but it might also just be about kind of providing particular ways that people want to ride really fast and that just becomes a place that's known as a fast track and here's a slow track because, you know, it's very difficult to change middle-aged men's minds about things. <laughs> Yeah, Just um, if you wanted to share your views, you, they're doing a master plan at the moment on the Moody Ponds Creek Linear Park. So ourcreek.com.au. You, you go there, you can share your views on a map there as well. Cool. Questions? We've got a couple back here. Uh, um, I'm a visiting cyclist <laughs> and I came to, um, to speak because I've been actually taking pictures of the bike lanes here in Melbourne to my friends in New York City and I'm like, oh look at this, it's so green and look at this, they have turns and look at the sign, it says watch out for cyclists and I've been like doing like photo porn everywhere. <laughs> so when I came to speak, I'm like, why is everyone so upset? <laughs> Um, so that's like my biggest fear is like trams, like I'm always there to go over. But um, as a visiting kind of like cyclist in a sense, I feel like there was no social kind of like programs or um, ways I could meet other cyclists. Like there wasn't, it didn't seem like there was like networks and like um, I went to visit Hobart and they have like a Hobart kitchen, a bike kitchen where you could go in, you volunteer, you repair your bike and you get to speak with other cyclists. And then when I came here, I saw like a lot of like pro cycling races. Not really like, hey, it's a weekend, we're biking from here to St. Kilda, wanna join? Like I didn't see it like that. I feel like that's what we're trying to do to you know, like put more social, get people more into cycling. And then like in the visitor centers, there's nothing for biking here in Melbourne. Like you find like a lot of Posting for walking tracks, but then there's like I, the woman had to like dig for a bike map like, to give to me. So I feel like um, everyone cycles, but no one cycles with each other. Like I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, do you have a question? Okay. Yeah. What is what? What are you doing to have like a social aspect of it? Like what's what's programs like people like me who come and visit and want, want to hang out and like see how to get how to use these tracks? Like I feel like they're, they're everywhere. And I don't know like how they connect or how they go about. Okay, so how do you connect with other riders if you need to Yeah, like what's Yeah, like what you talk about is basically what we're we, we, we here to represent. That's exactly what we've been trying to redress over the last five years or so, is to really try and create a social scene of bike riding that doesn't involve people riding really long way, really fast, trying to get there faster than the other person. Um, so I encourage you to visit the Squeaky Wheel. We've got lots of rides running this weekend, next weekend. You know, we do that every weekend. We're riding somewhere with people, socially and casually. But I think that what, what you're talking about, how what you observe as a visitor, is really largely has sort of grown because of the way bike riding and bike riders have been accommodated over the years. The infrastructure 
even 10 years ago, it was pretty terrible. There was nothing really on the roads to provide for people, and even before that, it was worse. Okay, uh, that was the final part of a uh, bike forum that I recorded yesterday at the Sustainable Transport. Oh God, it's done again. I've only had one coffee this morning. Sustainable Living Festival. Get it right, woman. And uh, some very interesting question time here at the end of that. So I will endeavour to try and get the full hour of that up on some form of podcast. That's all we've got time for this week on Yarra Bosque Bo- Uses Group Radio. And up next we'll have Dirt Radio. And um, I think I'm just going to continue with a mini festival of Dave next couple of Yarra Bog shows. And um, you might recognise this. This is uh, Joe the Lion. <laughs> You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.